Okay, good morning, everyone. This is Seeking Sustainability in Japan, but a special sub-series that I am starting with my cohort partner in Tokyo, Toba Kinoka, today. So I'm JJ Walsh, based in Hiroshima. I'm a sustainability-focused consultant for travel business and small and medium-sized businesses here. Tova, you want to introduce yourself before we start? Yep, brilliant. Thank you, JJ. So good morning, everybody. And uh, as JJ said, my name is Tova Kinooka. Um, I'm based here in sunny Yokohama. It's a beautiful day uh, just outside Tokyo. And um, so I'm co-director and co-founder of Global Perspectives, which is a, a small um, sustainability integration consultancy. So that means we work with companies to help them integrate sustainability strategy and ideas into their organizational culture. So we work mainly with the big ones, big companies, um, sometimes SMEs as well, and other types of organizations. Awesome. And the reason we are starting this weekly chat is because Tova and I have a very exciting new idea that we're we're doing a big event in March next year together. Very excited about this. High energy. Uh, save the date. Uh, we are trying to get our our speakers in order. We've got ideas for panel discussions, workshops, the whole day of activities. It's a national holiday in Japan, March 21st. It's a Monday. Uh, it's hard to read on the event. We realized, right, Toba? It is March 21st, 2022. Women in Clean Tech and Sustainability event. So please uh, mark it on your calendars. There'll be lots more details coming soon. Um, we will have an online component, so you can join wherever you are and in person in Hiroshima, where I am, and in person with Tova there in Tokyo. In so yeah. lots of uh, great things coming up for that. So for uh, building up to that event and getting the information out, we thought we'd try these 30-minute, we're going to try to stick to 30 minutes, <laughs> 30-minute sessions where we talk about things that have kind of been on our radar uh, as we're both looking for sustainability in the news and events. So, Tova, you want to start? What's been on your radar? Well, wow, so many things, right? Because we've just finished uh, COP26 in Glasgow. So sustainability has been even more in the news than usual, which is fantastic from my point of view. Um, so, you know, a lot of things coming out of that. Um, one thing I'm really excited about that's kind of connected to that is um, the, the British Chamber of Commerce, BCCJ in Japan, uh, BCCJ, British Chamber of Commerce in Japan, is doing a, a series on um, sort of COP26. We've been doing a series of uh, virtual fireside chats with experts in different areas of sustainability. Um, and in early December, we're going to do a panel discussion to kind of analyze what's come out of COP, what does this mean for business? But one of these um, virtual fireside chats is coming up next Tuesday. So I'm going to be talking to Professor Wayne Visser who is from the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership, where I studied a few years back, and I had the great fortune to have him as my tutor there. Um, and he's also a professor at Antwerp uh, School of Business and author of about 40 books. He's a busy guy. Um, 
But I'm really looking forward to talking to him because I think so much of what we've been hearing during and post COP has been quite pessimistic, right? It's like, oh, it didn't achieve what we wanted it to and um, you know, quite a lot of negativity around. But um, Professor Visser is very much, um, he describes himself as a, uh, as a possibilist, um, which I think is a, a wonderful word. So he's not a um, sort of an optimist in the sense that, you know, he just hopes something will happen, but uh, he doesn't really have any basis for that. He's really looking at the science and saying, well, yes, there's a lot of, you know, massive issues that we have to solve, but we are capable as a species. We have the, the brain power, we have the technology. Um, and here's what we can do with that. So I've been uh, reading his new book, which is coming out in February. Um, I'm Luckily enough to have an advanced copy, and we'll be doing a, a review of that soon. But um, I just really like the the positive um, sort of perspective that he brings to the sustainability conversation. So I'm really looking forward to to speaking to him on that. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I I find too like uh, when I prepare for some of the talks that I do with guests, if they've written books or papers or articles. You just have that extra, like, deep understanding of what they yeah. do. And then mm -hmm. it's really hard for them to say everything in summary. But right. if you're interviewing them or you're helping them along with things that you as the reader found really poignant mm -hmm. to, to point out, I think that helps them a lot too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think many people but perhaps outside the sustainability field of work might not necessarily pick up on a book like that and say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not really in my my area of interest. It doesn't relate to me directly um, and would just overlook it. But like you say, if we've got a chance to, to talk about it and say, you know, well, he's really looking at solutions for a better future. He calls it thriving um, rather than just surviving. You know, yes, we've, we want to survive as a species, but just surviving is not a very attractive proposition. So he talks about thriving and how we can move to that as individuals, as well as um, organizations and society. So I think, you know, it really is relevant to everyone, um, but it might not always be apparent, like you say. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing that's been on my radar. So every third Sunday, I get out and do a volunteer cleanup along the rivers or beaches Brilliant. in Hiroshima. And uh, so it, it always you know, even though I, I feel like I'm focused on sustainability in my life and work all the time, it is a great reminder of what actually get in gets into our waterways, you know, mm. and basically everything. Yeah. Everything you could imagine gets into the waterway. And, and then uh, it inspired me to write this article on Medium kind of bringing together all these ideas of uh, the waste management in Japan. Right. And how uh, recently in tourism in the last few years, we've noticed a lot of uh, the trash cans have disappeared. Mm. Have you have you noticed that? Definitely. Right. And, it's getting harder to find so, yeah. where, where you put your, your rubbish, your trash. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is something that when I meet with tourists, mm -hmm. they always mention like Japan is super clean. I love it. Japan is amazing. But where are the trash cans? And one of the one of the quotes I have in the book is uh, uh, in the article is from a German tourist who was actually really angry about it and oh, saying, really? 
I buy things um, from Japanese vendors. I enjoy eating them or using them, but mm -hmm. I don't want all the plastic packaging they're giving me. Uh, and then there's nowhere to throw it away. I'm supposed to take it home or keep it with me all day. And he was so obviously frustrated. So mm. then I, I talk in the article about the, the branding of it. And if yeah. you have uh, someone taking back the garbage that you just gave them yes. by selling them something, that that's actually really good branding for you. And one of the stories I give in the beginning is a really frustrating story when uh, we did a cycle tour and we went into like a shopping center and we bought loads of food from all the food vendors. And then afterwards, they're like, no, pointing to the sign, you have to take it home with you. <laughs> wow. And you just can't when you're no. when you're on a bicycle. And I was almost in tears. Like I, mm -hmm. I wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so it, and then talking about uh, what are the waste management hurdles in Japan? Um, talking about Plastic Love, this great documentary. Um, I interviewed the documentary filmmakers. It's coming out next year yeah. where they interview people from around Japan who are trying to make a difference in more sustainable waste management. Um, I talked to Eric Kawabata from... Uh, he's brilliant. Luke from Luke. And Tara yep. Spikel, right? And it was really encouraging to talk to him and how the businesses that he's working with are actually really ready for this change. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they've been thinking about it. They're ready to start using reusables or biodegradables or mm -hmm. compostables, right? Yeah. And then also mentioning about like Zero Waste Town of Kamikatsu, the Zero Waste mm -hmm. Hotel, how they have mandatory recycling and composting. I also visited San Francisco's Recology uh, Recycling Center. And uh, people don't think of doing that on vacation, but it was absolutely <laughs> fascinating. I loved it. And I learned so much from him. Yeah. And they do mandatory composting for San Francisco. And this is definitely something we can do in Japan, yeah. which would reduce all of our waste burden mm -hmm. by 30% immediately is what yeah. they found. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, links to other work I've done and articles mm -hmm. and ideas here. I think that's brilliant. And it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, when you were talking to Eric Kawabata, he was saying that, companies are ready for this now. And I think one of the things um, Dr. Visser talks about in his book is um, convergence and how things are gathering speed now. And you've got this convergence of a shift in society, um, a shift in regulations from the government side. You've got um, you know, the, the worsening climate situation that's much more, you know, people understand the urgency better now. And it's this convergence of things which is making the movement gather speed, I think. So this really feels like the time is right to be really going full speed ahead on this. And it was interesting, you said um, when we spoke before we went live that uh, you look back at a chat we did about a year or so ago, right? And how companies at the beginning of the pandemic were saying, well, you know, we just need to focus on surviving. We can't really worry too much about our, you know, uh, sustainability agenda right now. We've just got to to stay afloat. Um, but that feels like it's really shifted in the I last so. year. I think so. And that that idea, I did a, a talk to uh, travel people in the travel industry in the Setouchi area down here in Hiroshima area. And uh, one of the things I said, which I truly believe, I don't know about you, Tova, but if you don't 
add sustainability as part of your business mindset, it's actually damaging yeah. now, right? Absolutely. And if right. you add these difficult, it might seem difficult now, but mm -hmm. if you add it, it's going to help you in the future. And if you don't add it, it's dangerous. I, I really think that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because before I think there was a lot of focus or a lot of talking companies about the cost of taking action, right? It was, it's obviously you have to invest in new systems, in new processes, in, in you know, changing your business model and developing your people and stuff like that. So there's a lot of costs up front, um, which I think a lot of companies were hesitant at first to, to really um, commit to. But now it's more the cost of inaction. It's like you can't not do this because your business will not survive. Um, people will not buy your products. People will not join your company. So I think you know, that realization is, is really beginning to, to happen. Yeah, definitely. It uh, reminds me of um, this article, which I also wanted to mention from the Japan Times. They have this great new section, Sustainable Japan, and they did a great interview with Trista Bridges about her Read the Air consultancy. Yes. And yes. one of the things that she mentioned, which um, Philip uh, Sugai, who I talked to from Doshisha University the other day, also said, is there is an, a feeling in Japan that companies are already deeply connected to society in mm -hmm. Japan. And so there is not an urgency that we need to change. Right. Because yeah. everybody assumes the company is already doing good for <laughs> the planet and for society. And that's mm -hmm. what she mentions in this article. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yes, well, Trista and her, her business partner, Donald Eubank, have done a lot of research on this. Um, and they, they wrote a book uh, that came out last year, I believe, um, on leading sustainably. And yeah, they, they talk about some really interesting aspects of particularly Japanese um, companies and the culture within them. And like you say, there's, you know, there's a lot of good um, foundations there, if you like, you know, culturally, there is a deep connection to society, which is really, you know, important for sustainability work. However, it does, you know, on the flip side, uh, lead to complacency. Well, you know, like you say, we're already doing it, we don't need to do much more, and not sort of looking beyond that to see how it needs to be perhaps updated or revised. So it's definitely a positive and negative. Yeah. Yeah, she was also talking about ESGs and yep. her the need for uh, environment, society, government uh, to to have that that focus on governance is yes. is kind of a new uh, thing. More businesses are starting to think about in Japan, and yep. this links back to uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to recently um, by the Ocean Cleanup. Do you know that organization? Yes. And yeah. Mm -hmm. They're raising money. They got a lot of uh, sponsorship from big companies as well, like Coca-Cola, who has been adding to the plastic pollution problem. <laughs> but yeah. now they're trying to own it and take mm -hmm. back some of the responsibility, which is great. Yeah, um, yeah. But one of the interviews recently on their podcast was with the woman who is in charge of, okay, we're collecting all of this plastic garbage from the Pacific Garbage Patch. Now what? Right. Like now, what do we do with it? How do we take it and create something reusable, 
-hmm. like a product or how do we dispose of it in an ethical way where it won't get back here? Yeah. Right. Like the politics of taking trash, which is from so many different countries Mm -hmm. all mixed together and then taking it from one country, transporting it to another country for manufacturing, like all the politics of it is right. something I I don't think anybody is even considering. And no. this is the absolute last stage of our pollution problem. That yeah. it, it reminds me that we need to turn off the tap. We need to stop putting it in there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I think there is a tendency very often to look at kind of one part of a problem and really focus on that. That you know, We've heard so much about ocean plastic over the last few years, and there have been some brilliant documentaries and things that are some amazing organizations like, you know, the Ocean Cleanup or Mizu, you know, here in Japan doing wonderful stuff on that. Um, but it's all interconnected, right? It, it's it's such, you can't just look at that part of the problem and solve that because, you know, like you say, unless we stop the, the, the tide of it coming in, yeah. then you know, really, we're not going to be solving it. We're just temporarily putting Definitely. a Band-Aid on. But uh, another uh, thing I, I talk about in the article, which I I see firsthand, it's making a difference that Japan now has a regulation that you cannot have free bags, yes. free plastic bags in shop. And immediately yep. we started seeing less plastic bags in cleanups. Yep. So Brilliant. we know, we see that it's working, it right? Works. And yeah. so mm-hmm. the role of governance, the role of regulation yes. as a big part of the problem to fix yep. it, right? Absolutely. And Japan's waterways has a higher concentration of microplastics, you know, and most people are mm-hmm. eating fish. This is a health problem as well as an yep. environmental problem. Absolutely. We yeah. don't know what plastic's going to do to our body, but we know it's already in there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's, exactly. Let's so, we're all start it out. Different aspects of it. And it's still so new, right? It's still evolving the science is evolving the the data is is coming in thick and fast and you know we're we're learning so much that you know we we didn't know 10 years ago 20 years ago or whatever um and it it takes time to to get our heads around all of that i think and and to then start looking at okay well once we understand what it means or we begin to then how do we go about changing this juggernaut of societal you know societal behavior um and organizations behavior and business models and you know regulations and things you can't change these overnight it takes time um, well, that's that's why a lot of the work that you do like you wrote this article about mind shift set uh shift mm-hmm. and sustainability in a, a cultural audit can you talk about that because that's training the people in the organization how do you move forward that's such a big part of what you do right absolutely i mean that's really our our main focus as a business um because and it, it came about because the work we were doing on organizational change um and you know that was all around developing leadership capability um and you know changing the organizational culture to then um, you know, put that into a sustainability context, we realized that all the talk was on processes, um, which are incredibly important. You know, what is your your governance? What 
what are you doing on um, environment and, and social side of things? You know, what are your policies? What are your processes? Very, very important. But unless your people understand what your company is trying to do, why they're trying to do it, how it connects to them and the job that they do every day, you're not going to get the company really shifting and achieving the goals that it's setting. So that's why the work we do, um, we really focus on people, getting them to, to connect the dots and see, okay, well, if our company has this sustainability ambition and, and strategy, how does that impact me? And if I'm a leader, how does that impact the decisions I make and, and how I work with my team? Um, and we realized in the consulting work that we do that so many companies don't know what their you know level of awareness and understanding within the company is. The people at the top setting the strategy might have a good understanding, but then when you start to go down, you know, through the layers and you talk to people in different functions further away from, you know, the creation of that strategy, there's often very little understanding or engagement, and so things don't move, right? So we created the the culture audit, the sustainability culture audit, for companies to be able to measure that, so we can go in there and say, okay, let's see where you're at. Let's find out what your people know or don't know. Do they care or not? Um, what do they understand about you know what your company's trying to do and and how do they feel about that? And do they feel like they can you know be supported? Um, and if not, let's look at what we can do about that. So yeah, that that's where that came from. Yeah, that's awesome. And I when I was listening to our talk from last year. And one of the things that we talked about is how when you visit businesses who have a sustainability focus as part of their brand, and then if you talk to their staff and the staff don't know yeah. how immediately as a consumer, you don't trust them. Exactly. It's yeah. all just lip service, right? Yeah. But yeah. if you talk to their staff and all the staff know it, yeah, they they have embedded sustainability in their business culture, mm -hmm. and I suspect s embedded it into their private life as well. Yeah, yeah, like that that is a business that I want to pay. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. that's my loyal company yeah. right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it's it's good in you know every sense of the word for the business. Yes, it's you know better in terms of they're more likely to achieve their sustainability goals, but it makes them more, you know, um, credible, I think, more authentic. They're actually doing what they're saying and, and people in the company believe it and they're not just sort of going through the motions. Definitely. And uh, this brings me to another article that I saw on the Japan Times, the main Japan Times, mm -hmm. uh, talking about shochu. How oh. do you, you feel about shochu? Wow, I haven't drunk that in a little while, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so in the uh, talk show series, I did talk to a shochu expert, Stephen Lyman, and uh, shochu is famous in Kyushu. So anybody who visits or or lives in Kyushu knows shochu. Shochu is so interesting because it's domestically consumed. Shochu mm -hmm. is something that is really not exported. Right. So it's yeah. it's a real local product used and loved by locals. And it is connected to so many other businesses, farming, local trades, you know, local people. Mm -hmm. So it has a really like wide reaching sustainability net. I yeah. Think. Mm -hmm. 
And this was no. such a great article because it, it talks about how this one uh, distillery in Miyazaki is using uh, natural farming, so less pesticides, treating wastewater before it goes back to nature, um, <laughs> using potatoes with the peel and even a little bit of dirt on. You yeah. know, like it's just really getting back to making a good product that really doesn't need to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. the environment or the local people yeah and uh, so many great takeaways here I love that article fantastic no I haven't seen that one but I will go and look for it afterwards it sounds fascinating yeah it's a good one and uh one of the, one of the other things I love uh the in the article the owner says I think more consumers are mindful of the environmental and sustainable practices of business yeah. Yeah. And this is in Kyushu. This is in Miyazaki, someone saying that. And it just gives me hope, right? Yes. Because how many times do I talk about sustainability and, and people are like, yeah, but it's too hard or yeah. it's too expensive or mm -hmm. we just can't think about that now, right? Right. And you, yeah. you must get that as well. So all the time, all the time. So it's really encouraging to hear, you know, different parts of the country, not just in the, you know, the big cities where perhaps it's more um, talked about. It's really great to hear that that awareness is spreading further. Yeah, definitely. Um, another shout out to tomorrow's talk. I'm talking with Leslie Mabon. He was at COP26, Ooh. and he'll be talking uh, kind of with a Japan focus mm -hmm. on what things in terms of energy transition that he really sees that Japan needs to do. So it'd be interesting to talk to someone who is at the COP conference recently. Absolutely. Yeah. Very interested to hear what his experience was there. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. Um, any other things? We've got about five more minutes. We're going to keep it to 30 minutes, I think, today is awesome. Brilliant. Good start. <laughs> Anything um, else on your radar? Hmm. Um, I think just sort of maybe going back to um, the event we're hoping to to do in March, um, the the interconnection between um, sort of different uh, aspects, different SDGs, if you like. So we're you know we're focusing in the event on on women um, working in the sustainability field. Um, and again, sort of going back to the, the talk I'm doing on um, Tuesday next week with Professor Visser, looking at things at an ecosystem level um, is something that we uh, really focus on in our work. It's something that he focuses on very strongly um, in his work and in the, the writing as well. Um, and I think, you know, the intersection, if you like, of gender equality, gender issues and sustainability um, is a really important one, a really exciting one. So I'm really looking forward to to taking that forward into the uh, the event and um, seeing what we can do with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about Save the Day, but we're also looking for sponsors. We're looking yes. for people who, if you have heard a great female speaker and you want to suggest her, please get in touch with us. Um, you can find me on inboundambassador.com. Tova, I think our, our links, both of our links are below this. Yep, on LinkedIn or on the perspectives.com, yeah. is it? Uh, dot biz. Dup is right. Yeah. And we're both on LinkedIn where this is streaming right now. We're both on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Where's your other social media platform? 
that you for like? For me, it's just LinkedIn and Facebook. So okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, we really want to create, like one of the questions we were both talking about is the why. Why yeah. have this big event? Why mm -hmm. have a female-focused conference? And for me, it's, you know, this is ridiculous that in all the 30 years I've been in Japan, you really see the same old stereotypes that women just aren't good enough. Yeah. Women can't mm -hmm. do it. And I want to do a conference where we just highlight all these amazing women in Japan who are doing it. Absolutely. And who are leaders and is so inspiring and going to give us great insights into their industries. And yeah, uh, yeah that's the biggest Absolutely. reason for me. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it as well. And and particularly sort of women working in perhaps um, startup areas, sort of innovative areas of sustainability. Um, because I think, again, there's a tendency for that to be maybe more male dominated. Um, so it's, you know, we really want to, to find great examples of that and highlight that and to, to show for, for other people, for other women, considering it, you know, here's, here's some ideas, here's the kind of thing you can do um and to show what's possible i think yeah and we have organizations that hopefully will collaborate with us and support us in getting this event together like few japan uh speak her is another one yes uh, there's uh, I know that Melanie Brock is always posting about the mantles in Japan that all the, <laughs> yep. and then in politics, usually, you know, like the recent uh, political party, you see one woman out of all of them yep. in the picture. Yep. And we just want to be putting more women in the forefront and, yeah. and having a great event with lots of great energy and have that you can do it confidence after you join this event right yeah, that's i think that's so that, that's a big part of it right that that confidence building that we can do this this is an option for us yeah so that is our 30 minutes let me just give a plug to my event which i am modeling on our march event i am trying to start doing these monthly events which I think is kind of a mini version of what we might see in the March event. So uh, in Hiroshima, December 10th, but also online. So we're going to have uh, two great short speakers. We're going to have vegan food on reusable mm. plates. Uh, we're going to have a free cycle area where you bring a gift uh, that is in really good condition, but it just doesn't suit you. And we're going to trade it around as like a holiday spirit thing. We're gonna have a zero waste shop, you know? We're gonna try out a lot of these things, which I think people feel is so hard about yeah. sustainability, but we're gonna have fun with it and we're gonna show how it's possible. And these, these are the kinds of things that I hope we can also include in the March event. Mm -hmm. Sounds fantastic and really pleased to, you know, well, excited to see how that goes, so good luck. Yeah, awesome. And it is based in-person event on uh, December 10th, Friday from six to nine. Um, but I really want to get people online to join. So if you're interested in joining online, please drop me a DM today and I'll give you a special discount code. You can join for a thousand yen only. So uh, yeah, reach out today. And uh, we're gonna try to do these talks every week, right Tova? Yep, yep, that's the plan. 
Awesome. So uh, yeah, catch us next week and we'll have more things uh, that have been on our radar in the news events and other other things, which uh, hopefully you didn't know about yet and uh, will inspire you in your seeking sustainability in your life and work, right? Brilliant. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Emma. Thank Cheers. Bye. Bye.